goes into eternal scam, they have a lot of money. So if money is what defines a Christian, then I am saying those who are not Christian but are wealthy people, then they are better. So you see, when it is not truly defined by the money you have, but by, from what I'm going to show you this morning, when I say Israel is a wealthy nation, it is number one because they have God as their father and God as their source. Hallelujah. You know, David was speaking and he talks about the Lord being my shepherd. He maketh me to lie than where? In green pasture. What he's trying to say is life and riches comes to me because I have God as my shepherd. So the foundation to true riches is God and his promises. Hallelujah. Okay. So I want to be reading this from the message translation. Look at that. I said, at the same time, you need to know that I can carry with me at all times a huge sorrow. Paul is speaking here because or concerning the Roman people. I mean, the, the Hebrew people, where he came from. Verse number two. Look at that. He says, it's an animal's pain deep within me and I'm never free of it. I'm not exaggerating Christ and the Holy Spirit are my witness is the Israelite. What he's saying is, the problem I have is the Israelites. Is that okay? The next verse. And he says, if there were any way I could be caused by the Messiah so they could be blessed by him, I would do it in a minute. They are my family. <laughs> I really can't believe it that we can have this kind of burden for people that relates to us. Paul is saying, if it is possible for me to be caused so that they can be blessed, I will have Lord to do it. If it was possible for Christ to put a curse on me so that Israel can become blessed, I would like to do it. What he was saying is because something happened at the end of the day. Hallelujah. Okay, let's move on just the next verse. Verse 4. I grew up with them. They had everything going for them. Can I hear an amen? This is a key point I want you to begin to pick from verse 5. You can mark it into your Bible. The riches of Israel is what I'm about to define for you now. From verse 4 to 5 is what you call the riches of Israel. Look at what he said. They grew up with them. I grew up with them. They had everything going for them. Everything. In other words, there is nothing they touch that doesn't prosper. Are you sitting there with me? They had everything going for them. Anytime, anywhere, whatever they do in their businesses, things were going for them. Hallelujah. Are you there? Family. In other words, their family was strong and healthy. Praise the living God. Everything was going for them. They had a good family setting, good family standard. How many of you know how they were teaching their children right from the very beginning? Their children grew up being prosperous people because they were always fair with the word of God. They had everything going for them. Their family was going. They had the glory of God around them all the time. They had the confidence. Think about that. If God had to enter in covenant with you, he will not break his covenant. Amen? God said, 
They had a covenant going for them. They had that one working. They had good revelations. Hallelujah. They could hear God. God could speak to them. They know the mind of God. They know what God wants. At any point in time, they had revelations going for them. Can you picture a situation where you want to take an action and God speaks to you first for what to do? Can you picture a situation where you know exactly the mind of God for every situation? I was speaking to intercessors over there in Dubai. A group of intercessors that we met with. I told them, listen to me. You know what happens? In every nation, the best that intercessors talk about is the principalities of those countries. Have you, have you heard them talk about that? They talk a territorial spirit. Have you heard about territorial spirit? The point is they do not understand that if you take time to study the Bible, even if what you have territorial spirit, there's what you call the prince of every nation. The priest of every nation is the guiding angel of every nation. And the guiding angel of every nation, according to Deuteronomy 32, is called the courtiers. These are the people who are in the court of God, the angelic spirit in the court of God. They have the mind of God, they know the mind of God. So if you are an intercessor, Isaiah 52, intercessors are called watchmen. The courtiers are called the watchers. The watchers watch over the cities which God has set in place. Now if you truly have to be an intercessor, you have to know the mind of the watchers. And when you say a thing, it becomes a decree and it is accomplished on the face of the earth. But intercessors know so much about demons, they don't know so much about the angels of God. I'll give you an example. I'm not teaching on that, but just to show you. Because I'm talking about revelations there. Covenant of revelation. Hear this. In 1 Kings chapter 22, if you take down to read from verse 17, when Ahab was to be dethroned, the Bible said there was a court in heaven with the hosts of angels. Is that okay? And they were saying, what shall we do to dethrone Ahab? And the Bible said, one of the spirits from the left hand of God came and said, I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? And so the spirit came and began to walk through the prophet of Ahab. And they began to prophesy a wrong thing to him by telling him, you go to war, you're going to succeed. So Ahab went to war and he was killed. That is how Ahab was removed from the office. It was determined in the heavens. An intercessor should be able to see that and pray according to what heaven agrees. So whatever is burning heaven, is burning on it. Whatever is losing heaven, is losing it. These revelations were coming to the children of Israel. When you come to become a child of promise, you come to the place where you see things before they happen. Can I hear an amen to that? I'll speak more on that some other time. But I'm interested in this. The next thing is worship. They had the best of worship because they were worshiping the true God. They were not worshiping idols. They were not worshiping anything else but the true God. Are you there with me? They have that. That's what he said. They have everything going for them. Even in terms of their worship, they were worshiping pure monotheism. Not, you know, fragmented type of worship, double-mindedness. You know, how many Christians truly have come to the place where God is God? You know what Moses said? He said, Behold Israel, our God is but what? One God. Not two gods. 
What do you find in churches today? What do you find in your relationship in terms of worship? You have God on one side, you have the devil on the other side. You have more of the devil being proclaimed than more of God being proclaimed. You see, you know what Almighty said? He said, if your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of lights. What eye is he talking about? Not these two bulbs. Your mind, your focus, your understanding. If your eye be single, your whole body shall be what? full of light. Why do we have so much darkness in the church? It's because everybody's talking so much about the devil. We have so much of devil proclaim as compared to Christ being proclaimed. And what you proclaim is what your people receive. I told pastors that what you reveal is what your people become. Hallelujah. I was sharing when somebody asked me in Abu Dhabi. I told him the same thing. I said, listen to me. You come to church as a minister of God. All you keep on declaring is the devil, the power of the devil, how witches are killing people and stuff like that. What do you think you are doing? You creating a climate. And when people come in there, they catch the same climate that you have created. They are going to be exactly what you declare. Are you still there with me? You know how that happens? I'll give you an example in the Bible. Bible made us understand that Saul wanted to kill David. And David ran to who? Samuel. And he was with the sons of the prophet. And they were prophesying and singing, worshiping as the case may be. And here was Saul who had an evil spirit coming to the place looking for David. What happened to Saul? He began to prophesy. Why was he prophesying? Because the atmosphere was prophetic. So the atmosphere you create is what your people experience. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? And think about that. It means if a demon is entering a place where God's glory is manifested, the demon has no option now to bow. <laughs> so they have revelation, they have good worship, and they have promises. Everything was going for them. That was the riches of the children of Israel. And Paul was saying, my heart is pain because, you see, with all these wonderful promises, all this wonderful covenant revelation that God has given to Israel, they are blinded. They can see it. Move on. Verse number five. To say nothing of being the race that produced the Messiah, the Christ, who is God over everything, always, oh yes. In other words, he is saying, apart from the covenant, apart from the revelations, apart from the promises, it is Israel that produced Christ. Hallelujah. And how many of you understand that actually when we come to church, we are demanding that Christ be revealed again? Because the world was made flesh and dwelt among us. How did the world become flesh in the Bible? He made us to understand the glory of the Lord shall overshadow a virgin. <laughs> because the word has gone for us, say, a virgin shall bring forth. And that word was hovering. He needed somebody to land upon. Oh, glory to God. And Mary was available. The word landed on Mary. And hear it. The angel said, Mary, thou favor of the Lord. Out of you, the Messiah, it will come. And Mary said, be unto me according to your word. Why? Because the angel took that word that was said that the virgin shall bring forth. And it's like the angels were going with the word and they find Mary and say, Mary, you look qualified. 
This is what we're after. This is our ministry. This is our message. We're looking for somebody that can bet what God said yesterday. And Mary said, if that is the case, I'm ready. You need sometime to be ready for what God has to say. Hallelujah! Because there are so many promises, there are so many things God is saying right now in the spirit dimension. He needs somebody that will be ready to receive what God is saying. You must come to the plan and say, God being to me, what? According to your word. Right from that moment, the word was made flesh again. Amen? And so the word is to be made flesh in your life and in my life. We have to come the embodiment of the word of God. That as we move upon the face of the earth, we go along with God's word. Let me show you something. You know, when we were entering Dubai, they were driving me. I was at the back seat. We were three in the car. And then I saw a vision. I wasn't sleeping, but a trance just came up. And I saw three men with heavy guns. They were mounting the streets. They would not allow people to car. They have to search you. So we got very close. We were supposed to be the third car, as I was seeing in the vision. And these three men, one of them just looked back and saw our car. And he just lifted up the barricade and he asked the first two to go and the third one to go. And as soon as we left the barricade, my eyes were open to see that we were on the road. I see that to be powers that were hindering or that are standing on the way of the word of God in that nation. I see God lifting. I see God removing barricade. I see God saying a door is open for you in this nation. Did you get that? He will go before you. We need to bet Christ in people. Bet Christ in nation. Bet Christ in your life. More about Christ. And Paul is saying here, apart from the promises, the coming and the revelation, that nation produced the Christ. Okay, look at the next thing. Don't suppose for a moment that though God's word has malfunctioned in some way or the other, the problem goes back a long way. From the onset, I said, not on Israel of the flesh, not on Israel of the flesh, we're Israel of the spirit. In other words, why is the thing the way it is with Israel? Something went wrong. That's what he's trying to say. Is that okay? He said, said, there are people who think Israel to be an Israelite means because we are born as a Jew. He said, no, not Israel. All Israel are what? Are Israel. There are Israel of the flesh and there are Israel of the spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, look at the next thing. It wasn't Abraham's sperm that gave identity here. But God's promise. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to pick that. It was not Abraham's man that gives identity, but God's promise. So what is giving you your identity is not because you are born in Nigeria. Your identity is God's promise for your life. (laughs) Are you see that? Look at that. It wasn't Abraham's man that gave identity here. But God's promise. Who are you? Next thing he says, remember how it was put. Your family would be defined by who? By Isaac. Hallelujah. Why was the family going to be defined by Isaac? Next verse. Let's take a few things. So go there. That means that Israel's identity was never racially determined by sexual transmission. But it was God determined by what? Hallelujah. In other words, 
<laughs> it is not because you are born as a Palestinian or you are born as a Jewish man that makes you a child of God. <sighs> because you know, there's often the promise or the claim that where well, we are Ishmaelites and things like that. Ishmaelites, what God is trying to say, well, the Ishmael came through the sperm of God, but Isaac, I mean sperm of Abraham, but Isaac came through promise. That means the word of God betelled the true identity of those who identify with who? With Isaac. Question, who are you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. Remember that promise? When I come back next year, this time, Sarah will have a son. Hallelujah. Huh? That is a promise. That is where the true Israelites are born. Okay, let's be in a, a little bit fast. I, I would like us to look at something. Genesis. Book of Genesis. Very quickly. Remember that promise? Where did it come from? Let's go to Genesis. Genesis 18. Very quickly. You can take King James if you will. Genesis 18. Hallelujah. Remember that promise? This time next year. I mean, there's a time for you, for God's promises to be made manifest in your life. Delay notwithstanding, if you have God's promises, I'm assuring you, it will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Look at that. Verse 1, Genesis 18. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plain of Mamre. And he said in the tent door in the heat of the day. Verse number 2. Amen. And he lifted up his eyes and looked this Abraham now. And lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. Verse 3. And said, My Lord, if now I find favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servants. Oh. Let me, let me explain something here. You know, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, Hebrews 13. He said, as much as possible, let's try to entertain angels. For since, I mean, entertain strangers. For in so doing, men have entertained angels. It's taken from this place. Abraham didn't know these people. Some of you are so stingy, your door can never be open to anybody. No, 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 no. You, you, you can't open your door. You are so stingy. I'm sorry. I read a story recently. One very big church. And a minister was posted to the place. And the minister went and dressed in rags. The new pastor coming to resume work. Went and dressed in rags. Looked very dirty smelling and he went to church and the usher saw him so, oh, sit down there, go sit down there put him at the back people come, they pass him like that and so the service was on and people were wondering oh, our pastor is resuming today where is the guy, they are looking at the front row where is the guy when it was time to introduce the pastor he stood up and took the microphone so this is not the best place to be as a house of God. Nobody greeted me because of my nature. 
Nobody saluted me. Nobody received me. I was kept at the backside. If this is the way you worship God here, you need a change. It was a lesson to the whole church. And that is the truth. Here are strangers that Abraham didn't know. And he said, you come, come, come. Come, let me give you something to eat. They are strangers. But who were these strangers? It was God in theophanic expression. That was God. The Bible said, let's go down to see what is happening in Sodom. So it's like spirit and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit manifested as it were into phonic expression. Read the next verse. And the Bible says, Let a little water, I pray thee, be fresh and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Yes. And I will fetch a most of bread and comfort your hearts. Have you tried once in a while to comfort a person's heart? Have you been able to find somebody who is weary in your life so that you can be a support to that individual? What kind of Christianity are you practicing? Let me comfort your heart. In other words, you've been trekking for so long, you must have been tired. Let me wash your feet. Let me give you food. Let me comfort your heart. Man, you're supposed to be a comforter to somebody. Hallelujah. I'll fetch a mother of bread and comfort your heart. After that, you shall pass on for thereafter. You have come to your servant and they said, so do as I have said. Next verse. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three muscles of fire meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the earth. Mm-hmm. And Abraham ran unto the herb and fetched a cup tender and good and gave it unto a young man and hastened to dress it. Yes. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before the men and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. I remember when I was in, um, I think in Dubai, one of the meetings we went, I mean the uh, restaurant went to eat. At the restaurant I went to speak to about three leaders who came. And here was the waiter. They serve our food and they were just there walking around. Walking around. I was saying, you go sit down. They were just there. Until you finish your food. And I said, you are like Abraham. And she said, I'm from China, but I'm a Christian. I like that. Some of you, when you serve food, what do you do? Put it. Your food did it. <laughs> I you get what I'm talking about. You are the wife serving food. Huh? You are not there. Honey, your food is on the table. You are gone. Look, the Bible says Abraham served the food. He stood by them. You know, sometimes you finish eating, you'll be the one to carry the plate by yourself. Because the person that served the food, maybe has gone to make hair or has gone to the saloon, wherever. You can see. I'll see you later. May it shouldn't be so. If you understand that food is so important to the men or to your family members, watch to see how they eat. Take care of them. Amen? You know, I believe in eating in piecemeal. Though, my wife has a way of serving. So when she serves the food, I get frightened. I say, oh my God, please help me. Remove some. You see, when I take it in piecemeal, it goes in. That means you have to be around. So that when the one I'm working on dries up, you top it. You need to top like you refill your recharge card. Eh? You don't have the whole bowl one time. You can be frightened. The food won't go too well. Top it. 
And so while we're eating there, it's like that. They give you this, finish that one. Another one is coming. Another one is coming. You just keep going on. But you have to be there to see that the plate is going down. Now I'm teaching you another way of serving meal now. So that you don't put Okonkwo's uh, bar. One is on the other side. The other one is the other side until they cross before they see. No, man. Piecemeal. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. Okay. So, so he stood by them under the tree. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah the wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. Man, sometimes when you have visitors, it doesn't have to do with the issue of the wife. Sarah was not even here. It was Abraham that was doing the job. Am I talking to somebody? And that's how I love Uncle Francis. You know, if we're having communion service, he's there. It's not a matter of where are the women? It's not about women. It's about service. It's about being a minister. The word minister means being a steward. A steward is the one that waits upon the people. In hotel, we call them waiters. Hallelujah. Why is Sarah the wife? What is prompting the question? The entertainment. Is anybody picking that? What is prompting this? It's like they met a man who took time to entertain God unknown to him. Entertainment. You see, sometimes you think what you give to God is a waste. I'm telling you, there comes a time when God will knock on your door. Say, wake up. I have a word for you. You can remember that from the life of Solomon. After he gave all the thousand bottle of friends, God came and said, come on, Solo. <laughs> what do you want? Why are you doing this kind of a thing? You, you're messing me up. You've touched my heart. I have no option. What do you want? What do you want? Kill your kings for you? Kill all the enemies? And no, no, I don't want anything. I just need wisdom. My father taught me that the best thing you look for in life is wisdom. How did it happen? Because Solomon offered the sacrifice unto God. Now tell me, what makes you think God said he will not destroy the earth again? Because Noah offered a sacrifice unto God. The Bible says, smell his sweet servant and say, my God, is this thing coming from the earth? The earth is beautiful. I won't destroy the earth anymore. As long as the earth remained, see time and have it. The covenant that God made came because somebody offered a sacrifice. <laughs> don't be stingy. Help me tell anybody, don't be stingy. <laughs> you see, you don't go with money. If you have to go into glory, you don't go with money. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You don't go with money. So why do you hold it? Why can't you use it to serve God? How can you put it in the hands of God so that God comes speaking to you? One of the ways back when revelation comes to you is the things you put in the hands of God. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And Lord, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tent door, which was behind him. Amen. Hallelujah. You are going to be hearing some things very soon. <laughs> this one is not a question of you are told. Sarah had it. Uh, listen, it's the things you hear that bring forth the Christ in your life. It's the things you hear that bring the promises. That's why I keep saying, Israel couldn't have gone to the promised land because they didn't hear God. Hmm? Hallelujah. Are you following me? Look at verse 11. And now Abraham and Sarah were of old, were old and 
striking in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Go on there. Therefore Sarah laughed with herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? (laughs) She was thinking naturally. Is that okay? She was looking at herself with all this wrinkle. With all this wrinkle. You know, one of my friends, a pastor friend, they've been married for 27 years. They are elderly people. Some of you might have seen that information. 27 years. Talking of people in Nigeria, in Abuja there. I haven't preached for him in his church. 27 years of marriage, no baby. They just give back now. Hallelujah! It's not about your age. It's about when God wants to move. He changes the times. Are you see that? It's not it. Sarah said, Abraham and me, this time, and she laughed. <laughs> Therefore, Sarah laughed within her. And get this right. There is nothing you think now that God will not respond to. She didn't laugh out. She laughed within her. Saying, after I'm waxed old. So everything she said was within her. Nobody heard, but God heard. That's why the things you think, be careful. Because as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Not just that. God will do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. Okay, take the next verse. What verse is that? Verse 13. Amen? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Therefore they said aloud, saying, Shall I of a shorty be, be a child? And he said, well, Why is Sarah laughing? I know Abraham was having surprise because she didn't, he didn't hear Sarah laugh. <laughs> but God said, you, your wife is laughing. Okay, go to the next verse. Is anything, you need to ask yourself, answer that question today. Is anything too hard? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. According to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Son of promise. Are you still there? Is there anything too hard for God? <laughs> That's why you must be patient to wait for whatever thing God says. Hallelujah. You know, another way of putting it. Are you saying if God says the thing the world cannot produce? Hallelujah. <laughs> Can any miracle be too difficult for God to perform? It's a question he's asking. So you're looking at yourself. You mean if God says the thing, he will not bring it to pass? And some of you are having the same feeling. I'm getting old. Man, you are not getting old. You just need a word of promise from the Lord. Hallelujah. You need a word. Stay with his promises. Stay with his word. If God ever told you you are going to be great, you are going to be great. Hallelujah. What's the name of this child? What's the name of the child? Praise. That's fine. Thank you. We're praying this morning and the Lord said, Joy is the name of this baby. And again, there's going to be joy in your home. Praise goes together with joy. Am I right? 
Nothing is too difficult. Believe God. <laughs> That's why a child of promise, in other words, everything God says about you is going to bring to pass. I showed you here 1988, in the very month of August, on the 8th of August, God spoke to me and said, you're going to preach around the nations of the world. You speak to kings, you're speaking to speak to people. 1988, August, on the very 8th day. 888, new beginning. I don't forget. Then I was not a preacher. Then I was still working for the government. 1988. But because God said it, 2005, we started traveling the nations. What God said, 90, mathematician, how many years is that? 1988, 2005. Work it out for yourself. God's word will not fail. We are children of promise. Everything God says about us, he is going to bring it to pass. Keep your faith in God. Praise the living God. Is there anything too hard? You're looking at your business. I don't know. You, you should know from today. It is well with your business. It is well with your family. See, the Bible said everything was going well for them. Because they were children of promise. And that is what you have become. Can I connect you now? And then we'll close down. How are you a child of promise? Galatians 3. You know, to get this. We are children of promise. We don't live by our struggles. We don't live by flesh. And No, no, no. We are children of promise. Everything God has in mind is going to bring it to pass. Everything he says will come to pass for us. God is going to ensure it comes to pass. No old age, no devil, no Satan, nothing, whatever. No community, not even the background you came from. God is going to be God all the time in all your situations. Galatians 3, 22, you can read from, okay, let's start from 23. Let's take it from the message. Hallelujah. Let's take it from the message translation. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Men are wasting their time. We are children of promise. Our focus should be on the word. Our focus should be on what God says. Our focus should be on how to get people more of Christ into their lives so that they can become exactly who God intended them to be. That should be our focus. Okay. Until the time when we were mature enough to respond freely in faith to the living God, we were carefully surrounded and protected by the Mosaic law. What is the culture? Okay. Read the next verse. 24. The law was like those Greek tutors with which you are familiar who escort children to school and protect them from danger or destruction making sure the children will really get to the place they set out for them. That's what the law does. How many of you have nannies? How many of you have children who are going to school nannies come to pick them? The law was like a nanny taking you to school. In other words, you must grow beyond being an infant. You must grow beyond just living by the rules and regulations of the law. You must come to have the faith of Christ. Galatians 2.20 Bible says the life I live now in the flesh I live no longer to myself but I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave this life for me. Children all the time. 
be ruled by the elements of this world. Customs and tradition. Familiar thoughts, familiar principles, familiar customs, familiar traditions. You can't continue that way. It has to be Christ. Next verse. But now you have arrived at your destination. Can I hear an amen? No longer, you're no longer babies. You don't need the Lord to guide you to school anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship. Are you getting that? By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. You know what pains me so much? I was speaking to the pastors there. When pastors have become the middlemen between their congregation and God. No, 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 no. That is not how to be an equipper of the saints. We are meant to bring you to the place where you have direct relationship with God. You should be able to tell me what God is saying to you. Why? Because you are a child of God. You don't bring all your burdens to me in the sense of I must tell you everything about your life. Not at all. That's not how to be a believer. That's not how to be a pastor. You are in direct relationship with God. Why? Because this is what you lost in the beginning. Adam had a direct relationship with God and when sin came into the scene, relationship was broken. How many of you remember that? That is why God gave the five-fold ministry to equip the people so that they can have direct contact one more time with God. But now we see pastors making sure that you don't know anything about God. The only thing you know is about the devil so that they can have a ministry to continue. Not in this place. <laughs> You've got to know God for yourself. No, you are in direct relationship with God. You know what Jesus said? They came to us and teach us how to pray. He said, when you pray, say this, our Father which art in heaven. Remember what he said to say? Hey, come on, you my disciples. God is my Father. Right from this moment, God is also your Father. If I can talk to my Father, you can talk to your Father. It's about time you know God is your Father. Don't substitute God for any man. Neither substitute man for God. God is God. You must hear God. Direct relationship with God. Praise the living God. How many of you are really hearing from God? How many of you have seen visions and revelation? Because that is part of the riches of the children of Israel. Children of promise. One of the things that identify as a child of promise is you've come to the place where you can hear God and see visions and revelations. And I'm not thinking about seeing devils pursuing you all the time. I'm not talking about you eating the dream and you're going to one man for deliverance. You eating the dream, wake up in the morning, take a cup of tea, give praise to God. That day is done. Breakfast you took in the night, you wake for dinner or lunch. Come on! You were hungry before you went to bed. Somebody said, no, pastor, you don't understand. Demons give us drinks, so we need deliverance. You go meet Peter. Peter was hungry. And reptiles were brought for him to eat. Why did he get the reptiles? Because he was hungry. You probably were hungry before going to bed. That's why you got food to eat. Praise God. So wake up in the morning. Praise God. Breakfast is over. Your wife said, breakfast. I said, no, I ate in the night. 
need a cup of tea. Are you sitting there with me? Amen. And my dreams are so good, I don't have time. No, 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 I don't have time. Have stupid dreams, I walk away. Don't have time. Listen, God is my God. He watches over me. He surrounds me. He moves around me. He dictates my life. No devil has permission. I know him. Have me tell your neighbor, I know my God. <laughs> you know what? Job has to shout it loud and clear. I know my Redeemer, leave it. Next verse. Your baptism in Christ was not just watching you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you up as an adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original word. What's adult faith wardrobe? Christ. <laughs> when you are clothed in Christ, you are an adult. You are an adult. And your wardrobe is who? Is Christ. Next verse. And I will show them. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew and no Jew. Some of you have the same mentality. You are in church. I'm from Urubo. I'm an Isoko man. I'm an Ibo man. I'm an Ishekiri man. Not in this place. No Jew, no Gentile. One family. One spirit, one God, one baptism, one body. Doesn't matter whether you come from a door or from Kwale. One spirit. Those ones are not. You remember what he said? The promised children are not from the spams of Abraham. When you begin to identify with your tribe or culture, you're dealing with the spam of your old parents. But we are talking about children of promise that have come to one family. That's why your body is my body. Your problem is my problem. Your issue is my issue. Because we are one body. Slave or free, male or female. Among us, you are all equal. Can I hear any man to that? <laughs> That is, we are all in a common relationship with who? Next verse. Also, since you are Christ's family, which family do you belong to? No, I thought you were Dogu's family. <laughs> you see, I thought you came from Odogu's family. Or, huh? Since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendants. As according to the covenant promises. Praise the living God. Do you know what an heir means? It starts from the one that inherits everything that belongs to his father. If you have received justification through the blood of Jesus, then you have the mind of Christ, then you are an Abraham's seed. Men, if you become Abraham's seed, then you are a child of promise. And a child of promise have riches, have blessing because I want to assure you, 
the promise was through Isaac and in Isaac shall all the seed of Abraham be blessed. Because the promise was at the time of life I shall return and Sarah shall have a son. And through him shall the nations of the earth be blessed. You are know who you used to be. Your true identity is Christ. You are in for favor. You are in to receive blessing. You are in to be prospered. You are in to live above poverty. You are in to live above foolishness. You are in to live above mediocrity. God is on your side. Because you are a child of promise. Let me tell your neighbor, I don't belong there anymore. I'm a child of promise. God did that for me. He washed me. He justified me. I'm born again. I'm a new creature. I belong to the family of Christ. I am a promised child. I will live out the promises of God. Hallelujah. Stand up and let's pray to God. I want you to talk to God this morning. Listen to me. I just give you a testimony. We're moving to the nations. Barricade will be removed. And as they are removed from me, they shall be removed from you in the name of Jesus Christ. 